This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Canpachi belly tostadas. Crispy caraifi cheese pie. Banana pecan bourbon toffee cake. Are you drooling yet? Because my mouth is watering. Take some notes if you can, because we are sharing some yummy new spots that you should check out. Joining us now in studio to share their favorites is Nick Kindlesberger, food critic for the Chicago Tribune. Welcome back to Reset. Thank you so much. Good to meet you. Yeah, I know, in person. <laughs> in this person. And Steve Delinsky, author of The Ultimate Chicago Pizza Guide. He's also NBC5's food reporter. Good to meet you, Steve, great. finally. So great to meet you, too. All right, so Nick, you and your colleague, Louisa Chu, you published this list of the top 25 restaurants that have opened in the, quote, after times, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, after COVID, of course. So this is part of a larger effort to really entirely reconsider the list of uh, the city's best eateries. Why are you two embarking on that journey? Because it's delicious, first. Um, <laughs> That's a job. What an assignment. Yeah, no, I mean, we're just so excited about trying to approach the Chicago scene in in a holistic way so we can try to do downtown spots that we're really excited about, but also all the other parts that make Chicago such a great dining place. And so, you know, this really did start after, you know, during the pandemic when I was eating in my car and I had like, I was trying to eat soup in my front seat, you know, like, it was a really... Sounds tragic. It was tragic. And I spilled a little bit, but we, we got those stains out, I think. Okay. But uh, and it's sort of just progressed from there. So yeah. we're really excited about it. Well, your uh, predecessor, Phil Vitell, was known for uh, Phil's 50 list, right? Right. Um, how are you feeling about making a new list? We're not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's just the scene has changed so much, even in three years to think about how many restaurants closed during the pandemic. You know, Phil really did an amazing job. But it's just it's been, you know, three or four years since then. And so much changes. Yeah. Well, piggyback off that, Steve, remind us of Phil's importance in the restaurant scene. Well, first of all, they had the budget to go out and eat uh, because it's important with a job like what what Nick and Luisa do. You know, if you're going to go to the uh, Omakase room at Sushi-san and Oriel and Claudia and Kasama, that's a huge budget uh, in just a couple of weeks or yeah. a couple of experiences. So it's, A, important to have that budget, but, B, you know, you need to track what's going on in Chicago. And I think the important thing of what these guys are doing and what we're all trying to do is, you know, yes, we've come out of the ghost kitchen era. Mm-hmm. You know, there there are a lot of restaurants and food businesses in these uh, communal kitchens in Avondale and in, in Humboldt Park, but now we're seeing places, and you know, people certainly want to go to a place and just sit down and be with people they love mm-hmm. and have a bottle of wine. And so that's kind of where we are now where we're seeing this, this reemergence. So it's important to track all that. Yeah. And we're going to dig more into a bunch of the spots that you just mentioned. But, you know, we know that in the depths of 2020, Steve, the, the future of dining really was uncertain for a, a good chunk of time there. But since then, we've seen astoundingly delicious restaurants open up. So what do you make of that? Well, there's all these talented people in Chicago who made it their home, and they have cobbled together resources. There are so many DIY places. I mean, going back to like Parachute and Wherewithal, but you know, to a place like Dear Margaret now, where they just cobbled it together and kind of hung on by their fingernails. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and just now they're thriving because everybody now wants to go out to eat. And these are... <laughs> You don't have to be a huge tasting menu to have high demand. I mean, people just want to go out to eat. So places like Talk and Resi and Open Table, it's difficult to get reservations. I, when I booked my reservation at Kasama, 
I think I went on 40 days, maybe 35 days in advance to book wow. it. Um, yeah, because, no, it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, and just for the record, you know, Nick and I, we don't call up and say, hey, I'm such and such, you know, give me a table. Mm-hmm. You know, we you go online. <laughs> I have my fake names, a, don't yeah, worry. You make a reservation. <laughs> I'm such and such. Yeah. Um, well, you know, let's get into it. Steve, it's cold, it's windy. I, it's only going to get colder, sadly. But <sighs> uh, I would love to know what new restaurant you're going to next and why. Oh, gosh. Well, I just went to Second Generation last week um, to check it out because that's from the folks from Mott Street. Um, and I'm going to a place uh, pretty soon. Uh, is it Dorothy? Dorothy's Bistro. Dorothy's Bistro that Nick mm. went to. That I, It used to be called Flatten Point in West Logan Square. What um, kind of food? They, they kind of pivoted to uh, Eastern European, okay. uh, Italian with offal and uh, just heavy duty like stuff with their smoker, the sausage and short rib, uh, but rib sticking, you know, which is kind of what I want to see this mm-hmm. time of year. Um, unfortunately, there's no more peaches and tomatoes, so we got to go into mm. you know, braising and, and roasting and smoking. Um, so I'm looking for hearty, sort of familiar comfort stuff. In addition to Dorothy, it looks like Bronzeville Winery made your list, Nick. I'm so excited to see that because I've never been, but it's been recommended a ton of times, mm-hmm. and I now have reservations Oh, great! coming yeah. up soon. So why did Bronzeville Winery make your list? Um, as Louisa very well uh, wrote down, you know, like it's just unlike any restaurant in Chicago right now. It's both exciting for the South Side, but truly for anyone living in the city, you need to check it out because there's not another place like it. And so it's just really exciting to see the talent there and mm-hmm. what they're able to produce. And it's been very, very hard to get in. So I'm glad you got a reservation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, I mean, it's a reservation I got like early November for yeah. like, you know, late November. It, it took a while. But it's a place that deserves the hype. It's a place that was had a lot of attention beforehand mm-hmm. and it's still maintaining it. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of restaurants that I went to that I wasn't excited about and they're not included here. We won't say those names, oh, but, okay. um, you know, like so we had to make sure that they lived up to what we thought. So, yeah. and, and what was that that you were looking for? What was that, you know, that extra thing that you were Ooh, that's hoping a good to question. be impressed by? There's all these different ways. You know, a lot of times I just want to feel transported when we go out to eat, I want to leave home. I want to get out and try something I've never had before or be in a situation that is outside of normal life. You know, there's so much of of the pandemic was I was at home and we yeah. were trying to deal with this stuff. Mm-hmm. And what's exciting about dining is the opposite. It's the unknown. It's trying something I've never, maybe never tried or a wine I've never tried. Yeah. And, you know, but I want to be careful about the price. I, I know how much it costs to, to produce. I can cook fairly well at home. Yeah. So I'm very conscious about, you know, is this worth the amount of money and that I've, you know, that I'm paying for it? Yeah. So that's very important as well. I agree. I want to be transported for sure. I want Mm -hmm. something I can't make at home easily. Um, so many of these places on my list this year were Asian. Um, people who follow my stuff know well, I love Asian food. Well, let's talk about Omakase Room at Sushi Sound yeah, is that, one of yours. We both agree. That pl- it's two fifty a head, but it is so worth it. Um, as opposed to Kyoten, which is another well-known omakase, which is four forty or four ninety a head, depending on what time of the week you go. Mm-hmm. But two fifty a head, I think it's a great deal. You're going to get the tuna progression. You're going to get all the beautiful kampachi, seasoned rice uh, done just as you would find in Tokyo. Uh, just really elegant, delicious. Um, serene, you know, there's maybe yeah. 12 seats or so, 16 seats around this U-shaped table. Two chefs are cooking for you. You can have a conversation with uh, the executive chef. So that I yeah. like that intimacy and I like being transported. 
also Khmer Fine Dining, which I think we both agreed also yeah. um, up in like, Rogers Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cambodian, you know, uh, same as Hermosa, another Cambodian experience. Uh, Nick, the thing that I loved this year was this uh, this dish, this this fish sauce or this dip. Is it called krung? Mm-hmm. Krung. Yeah. Um, it's typically a catfish dip. Uh, Where? Comes, uh, at Hermosa and at Khmer Fine Dining. Okay. Um, just extremely delicious. Uh, there's umami. There's this fish sauce element to it, but it's not overpowering. Uh, they always come with fresh vegetables, especially at Khmer. Like the plates just look like these beautiful Monet mm-hmm. paintings full of color and texture and flavor and aroma. Um, again, something you don't get to see every day. Yeah. You've got Soul and Smoke in Avondale I on do, your list, yeah. too. This- I, I love it. Yeah, very good. Yeah. I, I've had it as well. Um, the The smoked beef brisket was just... Chef's kiss. Yeah, and they're <laughs> j- they're getting just getting ready to open like an official restaurant up in Evanston, which is really exciting. Nice. Like I've been following their trajectory, and it's just I I got it out of a ghost kitchen in 2020, and I was like, what is this? Like, oh. it was amazing. And then I just have been following, and they just keep getting better. They just got a new smoker, and they're getting ready to um, start work on a space that can actually go and sit down and eat. So yeah. keep watching on Soul and Smoke. They're only going to get better. And Soul and Smoke, not to be confused with Smoke with a Q. That's correct. Right? right. <laughs> right. They're opening up a steakhouse, by the way. They are, yeah. Smoke, are they? Smoke is very there. good, too, by the way. Yeah, smoke is, <laughs> Texas brisket there is amazing. I'm looking for a good Greek spot this weekend, Steve. What do you yeah, recommend? Yeah, so well, there's, there's been this weird Greek uh, renaissance happening in Chicago. Two of the two of the three that I'm thinking of are in the West Loop. I'm not really a huge fan of either. Lyra, well, Lyra's more of like a club restaurant, I think. Um, okay. Although I did like the octopus, and then Nisos is just it's pretty expensive seafood. I think it's and there's a lot of gimmickry there. But uh, Andros Taverna up in Logan Square, really a gem. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug Saltis and. Um, and his wife, who's the pastry chef, um, Sing Chen, are just fantastically talented. And, um, you know, gyros, which are pork, because that's more traditional in, in Greece, um, they're going to be a little more expensive than your neighborhood gyros joint uh, down the corner because everything's made from scratch. Yeah. Fantastic meze, beautiful dips, uh, the, the pastries, the, the, the phyllo, the, I can't think of the name of it, but there's one with the yogurt. Delicious, delicious Greek food. I would, you got to make a reservation. Um, I think they do brunch as well, but it's up mm-hmm. in like the yeah, 20. 20- very busy, bro. Oh, 20, <laughs> Taverna. It's about 2,500-ish north Milwaukee Avenue. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking about our favorite new restaurant picks with Nick Kindlesberger, who's a food critic for the Chicago Tribune, and Steve Delinsky, NBC5 food reporter. We know that we can't mention every great new restaurant, so that it, so if you do want to share your favorite new eatery, leave us a voicemail. It's at 888-915-9945. Again, 888-915-9945, and we'll air your recommendations next week. So, Nick, i got to go back to one that Steve mentioned earlier, Kasama in Ukrainian Village. Yep. It's been coming up quite a bit on this show. We also talked to its chefs when they were finalists for the um, the James Beard Award back in the summer. So I'm not surprised that it made your list too. Right, yeah. No, I think if we, if I had to rank them, it would probably be number one. Yeah. It's the one that yeah. I am a bit obsessed with. I've been to a lot of tasting menu restaurants over the past year, and that's still the one that I just can't get out of my head. What makes it so good? It's just it you can feel their history in the plates. You can it's not like wow. they're trying to be fancy just to be fancy. It's like they're trying to show you their food history in the best way they know how to. I just I was mesmerized. So what's from your what's your favorite in. item then on the menu? 
Um, oh, man. Well, had... there's so many menus. I mean, there's a daytime menu and a nighttime menu, right? I mean, you yeah. have to be clear, the nighttime tasting menu is 2.15 ahead. That's the 40 days in advance reservation. Yeah. yeah. Daytime, you just walk in. It's it's pastries. You know, Jeannie Kwan's pastries are magnificent. Mm-hmm. Breakfast sandwiches. It's chicken yeah. adobo. Super, super simple. So that's the thing. Like, the totally, It's a two different restaurants. Yeah. You'll have to wait in a line and you go in the morning. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. but you don't have he to plan. You just walk right in. No. <laughs> Do we really, Steve? <laughs> it's incredible. Um, yeah. The interesting thing about that, you know, Tim Flores, Filipino-American from Cicero, Jeannie Kwan's not Filipino, but she gets, you know, Tim's mom's leche flan recipe for her hollow hollow. And then, you know, her her wizardry with pastry kicks in. So she's just, they're just both so talented. It's just such a pleasant place to be in Ukrainian village. So a new spot that I love, Daisy's Po' Boy Tavern uh, in in Hyde Park. Um, Some friends and I had dinner on their patio when it was still warm. I think this was August. And folks were passing by, you know, on their jogs or, you know, just walks with their dogs and so many people stop to be like, hey, what does the food taste like? Is it good? I'm planning on coming soon. Like it's just created so much buzz in yeah. the neighborhood and so much excitement. I had their catfish uh po'boy sandwich, which was excellent. You know um, why it was excellent? Because of the bread. This the is the whole thing. The bread was really good. I'm a, I'm a freaky bread guy. I like, you know, like I love D'Amato's bread on sandwiches on, and all over the place. I think the fact that they get Leidenheimer bread from New Orleans, yeah. car baked, frozen, shipped up, refreshed that's the key. You, New Orleans po' boys have to be about the bread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you been yet, Nick? I have not, but um, Lisa has, it. and it probably would have made the list, but we had to cut it off at some time, <laughs> you know? We had this discussion all the time. I'm like, we just have to stop. We have, we can keep eating, but- <laughs> Should have made it the 30 best. Yeah. <laughs> just squeeze it five more. It never would have gotten out. But, yeah. Well, I'm drooling at the thought of going to Nine Bar in Chinatown. Uh, that did make your list or didn't that make did, your list? It yeah. did make your list. Tell us more about it. So this is a really exciting new cocktail spot in Chinatown, and it's sort of like in the back. So not exactly a restaurant, but still. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. It's the same genre, right? Yeah, sure. Um, and But it's just a really thoughtful, executed cocktail program, which is sort of the first time that's been in that neighborhood. But there's all these people that grew up going to Chinatown, and their, fam- their parents owned restaurants there, yeah. and the kids are now starting to get in charge and this is really exciting Ooh, the kids yeah. are taking it's, over yeah the kids are taking over <laughs> oh it's, yes it's the moon, it was moon palace so right next to the fire station and so people went there for dumplings and you know egg rolls yeah uh, but now their kids are running the show and the cocktails are exquisite so in the last minute it's now time for the toughest part of this interview Ooh. gentlemen okay if you could only eat out once for the remainder of this year which new restaurant would you go to and why steve you first sochi I love Sochi Vietnamese in, right across from Shuba's family owned uh, husband and wife and both their mothers are in the kitchen. I mean, need I say more? They're just cranking it out. And the food is it's beautiful. It's simple. It's affordable. Mm. It's creative and delicious. Uh, I'd go to Sochi in a heartbeat. Sochi. All right, Nick. Sueños. This is in the Soho. Um, it's Steven Sandoval. It's a pop up that just blew up. And it's Baja, so it's all seafood, but it's mm. so beautifully done. Really respectful to the region, but with his own flavor. So a lot of grilled items. Oh, it's just astonishing. I would have said that, too. That was my yo, second yo, one. No, but you yeah. only got one. That you only good. got one, Steve. Sorry. I like both of those. <laughs> Nick Kindlesberger is a food critic for the Chicago Tribune. And Steve Delinsky, author and food reporter at NBC5. Thank you both. This was fun. Thank you. Thank it was you. great to see you. Yeah, absolutely.